Welcome to a special edition of the Why Not Us podcast. Today, we have a special fantasy-only preview in store. As I, Mason, I'm going to take you through both the key injuries for week four, in addition to my rather infamous catch or stash segment. We got off to a rough start over the first few weeks, but we're getting it back on track this month. You can count on it. So without further ado, let's jump right in to some key injuries to monitor. The first of which, former MVP Lamar Jackson is going up against the Broncos, and he's been dealing with a bit of a sore back. Look, a healthy Lamar is probably going to struggle against this Denver D. They've been tops in the league. So with that being said, with a sore back, I would go ahead and downgrade him and pretty much the entire Ravens offense because a key part of their offense is his ability to just scramble and create something out of nothing. And when Lamar's not at full health, he's probably not going to be able to do that. So it may be tough for him against the Broncos. On to some other quarterbacks who maybe aspire to be Lamar Jackson one day. Justin Fields and Andy Dalton are going up against Detroit. Justin Fields has been cleared to play, but he will not be starting if Andy Dalton is able to. But with this being said, you don't want anything to do with this Bears offense. I get they're playing Detroit, but the fact of the matter is Matt Nagy has not proven he could do anything with these quarterbacks. And even if Fields is starting again, we saw that he was sacked nine times against Cleveland. And yes, Detroit isn't Cleveland, but you've got to stay away. I'd be benching Allen Robinson in this game, too. You want nothing to do with this offense, except for maybe David Montgomery, who should be able to find some room against a susceptible Detroit front. On to one of the best teams this season, the L.A. Rams and their running back situation. We found out today that Daryl Henderson will be able to play against Arizona. And Sean McVay has historically ridden with one feature back. But we don't know how he's going to use a, help, a somewhat limited Daryl Henderson. He was out last week. And Sony Michelle, he was fine last week against Tampa Bay with 20 carries for 67 yards. They are a top rush defense. So the lack of production is understandable. But given the uncertainty about Henderson's health and how much they're going to use Sony Michelle, I would stay away from this backfield again. I get that if you have Daryl Henderson on your roster, you probably don't have another great option behind him to start. But if you do have another guy, like a Javante Williams even, who you know is going to get production and doesn't have this health question mark, I would go ahead and play him over Daryl Henderson. On to a group of receivers, A.J. Brown and Julio Jones, have both been ruled out against the Jets. What does this mean for that offense? First of all, you're going to downgrade Tannehill because you know who his number one weapon is now? Nick Westbrook Akine. And Mr. Westbrook Akine, this is his second year in the league as an undrafted rookie out of Indiana. Westbrook Akine should have some balls thrown his way. So if you're looking for a sleeper option in DraftKings, he could be a decent option as he had four catches for 53 yards and a touchdown last week. But I just don't think Tannehill is going to have to throw the ball a lot in this game. Derrick Henry is going to take this Jets defense for a ride. I would imagine he might see some passing game usage as well. 
And watch out for Jeremy McNichols to maybe get some action if this game gets out of hand. It is the Jets we're talking about. So watch out for Henry to have an absolute monster week. On to a tight end, George Kittle. He is a true question mark. John Lynch, their GM, said they are leaning towards Kittle playing, but it is no guarantee. And even if he does play, I would not expect him to be his full self. We've seen how the 49ers have used players who aren't 100%, whether it's Brandon Ayuk or running backs like Trey Sermon. If they're not 100%, um, they're not going to be pushed. So I wouldn't expect Kittle to run too many routes, even if he does play. But if he doesn't, you're going to have a big upgrade for Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, the aforementioned Brandon Ayuk, who was on the field for 86% of snaps last week. So Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have to throw it somewhere, and it's not like he's going to rely on Trey Sermon and Elijah Mitchell if he plays to carry that run game. Also, you're not starting any 49er running back this week, regardless of who's healthy and who's not. But back to George Kittle. I would consider starting anyone who's at no offense level or above over Kittle this week because you just don't know the volume he's going to receive considering he's not 100%. On to another couple of receivers who have been ruled out. Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton for the Giants have been officially ruled out. This is the Giants we're talking about, so start any receiver at your own risk. I'm not going to even go as far to call them a sleeper. Because this offense is just so confusing. You never know who's going to show up on any given day. But if you do want to throw a flyer on somebody, it would be one of either Colin Johnson or Kadarius Tony. Colin Johnson had five receptions for 51 yards last week on seven targets, the former Texas X. So it's good to see Colin have some success. And then Kadarius Tony was the Giants' first round pick this year, 20th overall. He infamously had negative receiving yards through the first two weeks. He did get back into the positive last week, so I would not go anywhere near him. Um, and then maybe Evan Ingram, now that he's getting a little healthier, maybe he can get some action this week. But I still would be very wary of starting any Giants offensive player except for maybe Saquon. On to the Steelers. We found out today that Deontay Johnson and Juju Smith-Schuster, both of them are going to play against the Packers, but Chase Claypool is now a question mark. He is truly questionable, but here's what I recommend doing with these three receivers. Deontay Johnson, you should feel comfortable starting regardless of if Claypool plays because he is the true number one guy. He's going to see volume from Big Ben. And the Packers secondary, it's not great. I wouldn't call it bad either, but the volume is going to be there. Juju is a little shaken up. He's going to play. He is off the injury report, but he's not 100%. If Claypool doesn't play, I would feel very confident starting Juju because we've seen the volume he's garnered over the first few weeks. Um, But if Claypool does play, I would be on the fence about Juju maybe being your flex option. As for Chase Claypool, he's going to be on your bench. You've got no reason to start Chase Claypool. With how deep wide receiver is this year, there's no reason to mess with the Steelers' third wide receiver. 
And then finally, the last injuries we're going to touch on are the Las Vegas Raiders and their running backs against the Chargers. It's a Monday night game, and that is a big deal in fantasy, considering you have to have your lineup set as everyone else is playing on Sunday. And it's not like any of these running backs are offering enough upside for you to hope and pray that Jacobs plays or does not play. Kenyon Drake was the guy who you thought you could count on last week. Well, what do you know? He gets benched in the third quarter after missing a blocking assignment. And Peyton Barber did perform pretty well up against the Dolphins. But if Jacobs plays, Peyton Barber is going to be rendered useless. And Josh Jacobs is not a valuable enough running back, considering he's not 100%, to hope and pray that he plays weak on Monday. So I would stay away from all of these running backs and look into other options, either on your bench or on the waiver wire. So that is this week's edition of analyzing the injuries and figuring out who you may or may not want to be playing. So now we're going to go back to cash or stash. And I don't even know why I'm doing this after last week, after I got absolutely fooled by Justin Fields and the Bears, thinking that he was going to have a somewhat high floor. I was dead wrong on that one. And until, without further ado, um, until further noted, excuse me, um, all Bears, you're stashing them every week. No Bears should be starting in your lineup until Nagy figures out this offense or gets somebody to replace him. There are no questions asked about that one, except maybe Demon. Until Nagy is gone, you're hibernating the Bears. So now let's get in to cash or stash. For cash, we're going to bring up a guy who I've talked about now three times over the course of the first few weeks. Jalen Hurts at 6,900 on DraftKings. The Chiefs are the worst defense in terms of points allowed this year, and the over-under for this game is 54 and a half. We know that the Chiefs never cover as they're 1-11-1 against the spread in their last 13 games, and this is a 7.5 point spread. So if the Chiefs win by 7 and you have 55 points scored, the Eagles are going to need to score at least 24. And then if this game does somehow get out of hand, like we saw last week with the Eagles against the Cowboys, the garbage time yards are going to be there for Jalen Hurts. With his legs and through the air, he should be fine, and he should be able to put up good numbers against a very, very susceptible defense. As for our stash, the aforementioned Lamar Jackson at 7,500. I would go as far as to say that he's not going to be a lock to start in your fantasy lineup this week. If you've got someone like Sam Darnold available, who's got an easier matchup against the Cowboys, I would really look into starting him against Lamar Jackson. He's shaken off. The Broncos are the top defense in the NFL right now. This game is supposed to be neck and neck, and the over-under is 44 and a half. This means you're probably not going to see a lot of points. And Lamar Jackson, with his legs, is always capable of breaking a few big gains, and then that'll really cost you if you're benching him. But this is not going to be a pretty game by any means. And you're really banking on Lamar to get it done through the ground. And with a sore back, I don't know how confident I would be in him doing so. On to running back, we are going to cash at 6,200 DraftKings dollars, DeAndre Swift. I will guarantee you this. He is going to score over 20 fantasy points this week. And I would be willing to bet that he does it with under 50 rushing yards. 
How is he going to do this, you may ask? Well, here's how. The Bears have a great run defense, but they have been getting torched through the air. DeAndre Swift, he's basically a wide receiver who lines up in the backfield. And you know who else that reminds me of? Kareem Hunt, who absolutely dismantled the Bears last week through the air. DeAndre Swift right now was averaging over six catches per game. Oh, and by the way, Dan Campbell, his coach the other day, just said, you're going to see a lot more Swift. And a lot more Swift means a lot more fantasy points and a lot more money. Find a way to get DeAndre Swift into your lineup this week. As for our stash, I'm going to say we're going to stash Saquon at 6,700. He's still not 100%. He was on the injury report yet again this week and was out of the game for a little while last week. We're going to see a negative game script against New Orleans, as New Orleans should be in control this game. Yes, the Giants don't have a lot of options to go to, but Saquon still isn't healthy, so they're not going to force the ball into his hands. And here's another fun stat for you folks. New Orleans has not allowed a single RB1 this year to have more than three yards per carry, and that includes Christian McCaffrey in the game that the Panthers obliterated the Saints. So if you're going to combine this stat with the fact that the Giants have such a mediocre offensive line, mediocre at best that is, good luck finding any traction. As for wide receiver now, we are going to cash Calvin Ridley at 7,000. I know a few of Ridley are starting him, but sound the alarms. The Calvin Ridley breakout game is coming now. The Washington football D is absolutely horrendous through the air. Through the first three weeks, they've gotten torched by Justin Herbert, Daniel Jones, and Josh Allen. Number one receivers have absolutely eaten the secondary alive. So I'm going to say $7,000 DraftKings is a true discount for a top five play, in my opinion, this week. So if I'm going to cash a high-end player, I've got to stash an even higher one. So I'm going to go ahead and do so and stash DeAndre Hopkins at $7,700 DraftKings. What if I told you that D-Hop is averaging six targets per game this year? What if I also told you that he's going to be shadowed by Jalen Ramsey. And then what if I told you furthermore that he has A.J. Green, Christian Kirk, Rondale Moore, along with tight ends and running backs who are capable of catching passes? This just does not line up to be a good game for DeAndre Hopkins. There are too many factors working against him. He's also a little bit shaken up. I can't believe I'm saying this. And again, this could come back to cost me. I would consider benching him in standard fantasy leagues, especially if you have guys with easier matchups, as we see how deep wide receiver is. You could easily get a guy like Cole Beasley or Jacoby Myers, who you know is going to see volume, and they have much easier matchups. I'm not saying that you start Jacoby Myers over DeAndre Hopkins, but I would go as far to say as you should consider it. On the tight end, TJ Hawkinson absolutely laid an egg last week. I don't know how. Um, but we're going to go back to the Ravens defense and cash Noah Fant at 4,300. Even with Hawkinson putting up that dud, the Ravens are still dead last in points allowed against tight ends. 
We're going to throw out last week's effort from Noah Fant because he really was not needed against the Jets. But even if you include that game, he's averaging four catches on six targets per game. The volume should be there this week with a passing corp in Denver that's decimated by injuries. And this is a team that struggles against tight ends. So I would look for Teddy Bridgewater to get Noah Fant involved early and often. As for our stash, we are going to go to Dallas Goddard at 4,800 DraftKings dollars. I feel bad for Dallas because he's a talent guy, but with Zach Ertz back, his target share is completely eroded. Over the past two weeks, Dallas Goddard has combined for six measly targets. The volume just isn't going to be there for Dallas Goddard. So his floor is extremely low and his ceiling is very capped as long as Zach Ertz is playing along with him. There's no reason to pay this premium for a guy that arguably isn't even the top tight end on his own team. I will say that if Ertz is gone, if he's traded, if he's hurt, whatever, you set it and forget it with Dallas Goddard because he is a very talented guy and Jalen Hurts likes his tight ends. But the problem is with Ertz, they're just eroding each other's value. So that is your week four edition of Cash or Stash. Hopefully it goes a little bit better than last week. We're hibernating the Bears. And hopefully that means that it's going to be a lot better for you folks out there listening. So I hope you enjoyed this special edition of Why Not Us, our first primary fantasy preview. And I hope I can make you some money this week and get you a few dubs.